Almost two weeks ago, I mean, we heard the men's um, announcement this morning, and about two weeks ago, um, the men had a debate. You may have heard it announced in church, and um, some of our amazing men in the church got together and debated whether salvation was required only faith or whether it was faith and works. Now, I wasn't home. It was at our place. But um, Jess and Billy were there at the time. They were visiting us while they were having a few renovations done. And we had the incredible blessing of having them in our home for a few weeks. And very sad when they went home, but that has to happen. And um, Jess was downstairs and she, she, like, um, on the, not in with the debate. But she said she couldn't, she could hear the debate going on. And she said it was just incredible about how these men had prepared They'd studied deeply and were ready to share their thoughts and bring their contributions. Now, I guess each side will say they won the debate. I don't know who won the debate. But um, Jess actually summed it up this way. Jeff shared this with me. It's, 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 she said, It requires faith only to enter heaven after life on earth. It requires faith and works to experience heaven on earth. Now I'm sure that we all want to experience heaven on earth, don't we? And this is possible. This is possible even in the midst of challenging times. We're talking about faith under fire. We go through difficult times, all of us. And even in the midst of those times, in the midst of the fire, if we back our faith with action, we will be able to walk like we're in heaven on earth. And so key number six. Now, remember you've been given this... Um, I'll get Caleb to put the slide up. Did you get my second PowerPoint that I sent? Anyway, um, I had... Yes, there it is. He's amazing. And we've had this magnet that we've been making up. And so if you haven't got it, right, then at the front door there's a white envelope which has it in. And you just have to, and it has the pieces, the top three and the middle two. The next two are on the table. And today, right now, we're going to hand out the sixth one, which says back faith with action. So we're going to hand these out now. And uh, as, as people do that, I want you to take that, put that into the puzzle so that we've got these keys to how we grow faith under fire. And today, back faith with action. And to help us to understand this, I want to consider a story from the Old Testament about a woman who was certainly in the midst of the fire for her, in the midst of challenging times. She was grief-stricken because she just, her husband had died. So that's enough, isn't it? That she had lost someone so close to her and she was experiencing deep grief. But not only that, she was in debt and a debt that she couldn't pay. And as a result of that, the creditors were going to come and take her sons as slaves so they could pay off the debt. So she was in a very difficult time. So what did she do? She cried out to the man of God, Elisha, for help. And we're going to read that story this morning from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. It will be on the screen, but I'm reading from the New Living Translation. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. 
What can I do to help you? What do you need? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. So in the midst of her predicament, Elisha asks this widow two questions. The first question is, what do you need? How can I help you? What do you need? And secondly, what do you have? Now, by those two questions, the woman was made to see the size of her need and the smallness of her own resources. She needed everything and she had very little. She needed much, but she had, she needed, you know, so much, but she couldn't possibly meet her own needs. And in the midst of her heartache, in the midst of her trial, while she's trying to navigate the burdens of life, God brings her to a place where she's faced with the reality of her needs, but more importantly, her inability to meet them. Now, you might think, well, why would God do that? She's already experiencing such pain, such difficulty, and then he's showing her what she doesn't have. Why would God do that? Wouldn't that only make her more discouraged? Well, we could view it that way, but I want you to stop for a moment and think about in your own life. How often is it that as long as you can handle the problem, as long as you can handle things, you don't bother going to the Lord? We just get on and do it, and we don't bother going to ask God. Or if you think you've got all the answers, do you turn to God with your questions? Usually it's only when we realise that our need is greater than anything that we can supply on our own that we look for help. Now when you're faced with that truth, then it's the source of your faith that determines whether you survive the fire or not. The source of your faith will determine whether you survive the fire or not. Because as long as I think I can, he won't. As long as you think you can, God won't. The widow came to realise that her faith could not be based on her capacity to meet her need, but it had to be in God's capacity to supply her need. And God is calling us to trust him, to back our faith with action. Not action that depends on faith in our ability or faith in ourselves. And there's a lot in this world about, you know, relying on yourself and building a life that you can create and make and self-mastery, all those sorts of things. That's not what God's saying. He's calling us to back our faith with action that depends on his ability. The sort of action that he wants is faith that depends on him and actually trusts him enough 
to obey him. That's what the action is in this statement. Back faith with action. Action that is in obedience to what God says. Now, Elisha's second question, what do you have in the house, was designed to teach this widow that from a human point of view, it looked like she had nothing, really. She had very little. But with God, she had everything that she needed to meet her need. She couldn't see it, but God had already given her the very thing he would use to meet her needs. And so often we are out there looking for it and God's already given it and we just have to go to him and he will show us how it can be used to meet the needs that we have. Faith moved that widow's heart to action, to obey the Lord. She backed her faith with action, not in her ability, but in God's faithfulness to do what he had promised to do. Now, can you imagine the scene in the home that day? There is a mother with her sons and all around the house there's all these empty jars, all these empty vessels. She picks up this tiny flask of oil that she has and she says to her boys, now bring me the jars, we're going to start filling them. And they said, well, you know, we don't have enough to fill them. I don't know why you made us go and get all these jars because you've got this and we've got that and that is not going to fill those. And she says, boys, I'm not going to fill it. God is going to fill every one of these vessels out of this little flask. And, of course, we know it's exactly what happened. Vessel, jar after jar, came and was filled. And it kept being filled until there were no more jars. She began that day with basically next to nothing and ended it with everything. And that's what God can do. She only had one small jar of oil. And God said to her, pour it out. Pour it out. Can I encourage you, don't be tempted to hold on to something because you can't see where the next supply will come from. Sometimes we think it's like, even in our giving, we talk about giving of our time. We think, I haven't got enough time. So we hold on to our time. But if God's calling us to give it, then let me tell you, you give it out and you'll have enough time. Same with our finances. If, you, if God is calling you to give it, then give it and you will have more than enough. Don't hold on to something because you think there's not going to be enough. God has more than enough in every circumstance. His maths is different to ours. And he will supply everything we need if we trust him. Now, this truth of, of, of letting go of everything and it, feeling like you'll have nothing if you do that is also told in another story, this time the prophet Elijah. It's very Elijah did anoint Elisha, um, you know, to, to continue his ministry. But, but Elijah had a sort of a similar experience where the, another widow, this time from Zarephath, was in, it was in a difficult place. It was a time of famine and all she had left was um, some... Um, flour, very small amount of flour and oil. And Elijah said to her, look, if you use that flour and oil and, and you bake some bread for me and, for your, and you can have, you know, after that for your, you, you and your son, then I can assure you that God will look after you throughout the famine. So she had to let go of everything she had 
to be able to, to do this. There would be a temptation. It's famine. She's got nowhere, no other way of getting any food. And here she had this. This could be her last meal. And yet she's told to bake it and to first for Elijah. Now, even although she couldn't see where the next meal would come from, she backed her faith with action and used what little she had left to bake the bread, gave it to Elijah and the leftovers for her and her son. That was the end of her supply. But then that made room for God, for God to do what only he can do. And what we know, if you know the story, what happened after that is there was always flour. There was always oil in the containers throughout the whole time of the famine until the famine was over. And she was able to keep baking bread and keep supplying because God met her needs. He will always do that. I mean, there's story after story. Samuel told us about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They had to put their faith into action and and they were told they shouldn't bow to the idol. Sorry, yeah, they shouldn't. And the king's telling them to do it. They're backing with their faith with action. They said, we're not doing it. We're going to obey what God says. And so it put them into the fiery furnace and God delivered them. Daniel and the, and the lion's den. What about the 5,000 people? Five loaves and two fish. My goodness. And it's got to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. And so sure enough, when you put your supply into the hand of God, it just keeps going. It's not because of what we have, but because of who he is. Think about Peter. He had to put his faith into action. Jesus called him out of the boat. It meant he had to step out of the boat onto the water. And he did that. He stepped out and he began to walk on water. That was, it was miraculous. He put his faith into action until he allowed himself to use human logic to assess the situation. And he started considering, oh, I, I shouldn't be able to walk. I mean, I can't walk on water You know, it was actually not his ability, it was the inability that made him realise this and uh, he began to sink. Remember, I've said this already several times, I want to keep saying it because I want us to remember it, that we don't back our faith with actions that depend on our ability. We back it totally on God's ability. And as a child of God, when I'm in the middle of the fire... Where I place my trust will, be, will determine whether I get burnt or not, whether I sink or swim. The way that we walk on water, the way that we survive the fire, the key to grow during those times is put total trust in God, depending on him to be faithful. And when we do this, when we, I think there are three main lessons that I want to draw out of this, three quick lessons that we can learn. Firstly, when you place your faith in God and do what he asks you to do, no matter how it looks from a human point of view, you can be confident that God will do exactly what he has promised to do. There's the first lesson. Don't look at it from a human point of view. From a human point of view, it won't look like it can work out. All the problems will come in and you'll start seeing all of the the reasons why it can't work, why there isn't an answer to this, why, why, you know, things are going to be bad and anxiety sets in when that happens. 
But what you have to remember is that God will do exactly what he has promised to do. Elisha promised that widow that if she did as she was instructed, God would fill the vessels. And same with Elijah. Um, He promised the widow that if she bakes that bread from those last bits of flour and oil, that there would always be enough. And God did exactly what he said he would do. And he will keep all of his promises to you too. The scripture tells us there's not a single word in a single promise that will fall to the ground unfulfilled. God will do everything he has promised to do. Secondly, the oil flowed until the vessels ran out. God will keep supplying until the need is met. When the day was done and every vessel was filled to the full, then the oil stopped flowing. Now, there was no limit on the amount of oil. The only limit was the number of vessels. When the cake was baked, there continued to be flour and oil in the containers for as long as was needed, till the famine was finished. It kept, the supply kept coming until the need was met. And just as God's provision knew no limits in either widow's case, it knows no limits in your case. God is able to meet every need. He's able to move every mountain and solve every problem if you will trust him. His provision is limited by nothing but our faith. God stands ready to give you all that you make room for in your life. It's just that too often we don't make room for him. We've got so much else cluttering our lives But if we make room for him, like, you know, some people think, I haven't got time to, you know, spend time praying and reading the Bible. We we often refer to it as, you know, having devotions with God. Like, and, and we think that we're too busy or we rush it in five minutes. But, you know, if you make room for God through prayer, if you make room for God and hear what he's saying through the word of God, you will start to experience the presence of God in a way that can come in no other way than through making room for him. You see, God isn't, I don't think he does things, I mean, sometimes he does them quickly, but often he wants us to make room and he takes time. It takes time. And as we do that, we allow him in and we begin to experience who he is and the difference that he makes. If we can trust him, to take care of us. And if we can get our vessels under the flow of his oil, there's nothing he can't do. He will supply all your needs until you no longer have a need. When the day was done, there was enough oil in those borrowed vessels to settle her debts, to meet her desires, to look after her children. And here's the third lesson. God's supply is more than sufficient. We talk about it a lot, more than enough. God will always be more than enough. His presence will be more than enough for us in difficult times, when we're grieving, when we're sad. His presence will be more than enough. It will minister into our spirits to lift us, to to tell us how much he loves us. His supply of our finances, it will be more than enough, more than sufficient if you trust him. Because he has the ability to do that. 
He's able to do, we've heard this, far more than you can imagine if you give him the opportunity. So get your vessels to him and watch him fill them. I love this example from this story of the miracle because it required those involved to back their faith with action. You know, there are so many possibilities to this story. Elisha could have um, just given her the money. He could have found the money and given her the money to pay her creditors and then she was good. And that could have been a possible answer. Or maybe he could have prayed and asked God to send away the debt collectors. Or move some, God to move someone else to pay the, the, the debt. But no, he required the woman to back her faith with action and then God showed his hand how he would supply her need. And your real faith is shown when times are difficult and you feel you're under fire. That's when you'll know what sort of faith you have. And it's in such times those who trust God and do what he tells them to do and trust God with the outcome, you will experience the incredible miracle of God's supernatural supply. Whatever that supply, it may not be tangible, it may be within your emotions, it may be in your, your mind, but he will supply it. This woman's oil supply flowed and stopped according to her needs, not her anxieties. And it's interesting, isn't it, that um, she didn't know so many things, but she just trusted. And she stepped out, or should I say poured out, in obedience to God's direction. And she didn't stop until, there was, you know, until the job was done. Once you act on your faith, stepping out and trusting God to do what only he can do, then I encourage you, don't be like Peter and pull back. He stepped out, he trusted God, but then he allowed the limitations of human logic to get in the way of his faith. As soon as he looked away from God as his source of power, he began to sink. Now, I think this story is a great story because, you know, for Peter, that was a faith failure. And let me tell you, I've had many. I've had many faith failures in my life. But you know what I love about this story? Sometimes when people read it, they read it that Jesus says to him, you know, Jesus picks him up and rescues him and he said, why did you doubt? And sometimes people can read that like maybe how we might interpret it. Why did you doubt? You know, look at me, who I am. Why did you doubt? I don't think that Jesus said it like that. He was, why did you doubt? Look who I am. I love you. I have more than enough for you. I will always be here for you. And you know what? Even if you have a failure, I will rescue you. And that's what's incredible about God, that we can fail and we can, our faith won't be all that it should be, but he's there ready to reach out and rescue us. And he'll keep doing it time and time again. And he says, look to me, you don't need to doubt I will always be here for you. I will always be enough for you. So what's happening in your life today? For all of us, there'll be different things. For some of us at the moment, our faith will be under fire because of our circumstances, because of things that are going on in our life. What is your need? Let me ask you the two questions that Elisha asked. What is your need? And what do you have? 
Realise you don't have to work out how to supply your need. You just have to trust God and act on what he says to do. Keep your eyes fixed on him and off your own limitations. Remember, God's promise doesn't say to me that I have to supply all my needs. He says, it says, God will supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So the question today is, are you ready to back your faith with action? And I think this morning, this is a real opportunity as we, we're going to sing that song that um, Donna referred to earlier, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. I wonder if the band can come. And um, I'm going to invite you to stand, if you could do that, please. I want you to picture standing on solid ground, on Jesus, on the rock. And I'm going to say, ask you today, are you willing to back your faith with action? If you have a need today, and I'm sure many of you do, probably most of us do, are you willing to back your faith with action, to trust God? to do what he says to do. And if you have a need this morning, then I'm going to say to you, back your faith with action, step out the front and say, I am trusting God. I'm going to ask you to act today. That takes courage. But if you want God to move, you have to let go and you have to trust God and step out of the boat. And so I'm going to invite you to come and I'm going to pray for you. You can raise your hand if you want to, but I'm challenging today and saying back your faith with action. Step out and let God know, I'm trusting you for this. I know it looks bleak and I don't know where it's going to come from, some of this, what I need, or I don't know how you're going to heal this, or I don't know how you're going to solve the, the, the problem I have or meet my emotional needs but I'm going to back faith with action I'm going to step out this morning and I'm going to say God I trust you I know that you are more than enough I know that you'll supply my needs I know that you will be faithful to your promise and so I'm going to we're going to sing this song and as we do I'm going to invite you to step out no one will come and talk to you and ask you what your need is just step out and say, this is me backing my faith with action today. I am trusting you, Jesus. I believe you will do what you, only you can do. And I'm letting go and I'm trusting him today. So let's do it. Let's step out. Come forward. Don't hold back. Back your faith today with action. Trust him. Trust him.